It's time for the How It Works podcast, sponsored by TheAcousticEscape.com, an internet radio station designed to fit your mood, playing all genres, all eras, all acoustic. When you want to escape the noise and the nonsense, listen to TheAcousticEscape.com. Now, let's learn how it works with your host, Oliver Cordell Kennedy. Welcome back to another episode of How It Works. We haven't had an episode for a little while, you may have noticed, but um, here's our new one, and today we're going to be talking about um, weather and how it looks like from a weatherman's perspective. So, um, this is Tim Doherty. You may have heard his voice before um, in a different episode about him and his wife talking about radio and the history of radio and that kind of communication mm-hmm. so what's up thanks for having me back so now the first time i got to talk about radio now i get to talk about something i did for a few years many many years ago when i got to be a tv weatherman I imagine that most people always thought i had a face for radio but somehow they let me uh, talk about the weather most nights hmm. that's interesting <laughs> um so my first question is um, green screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're definitely using a lot today with the new Zoom technology since like literally everyone is using Zoom or Google Meets. Yeah. Um, so green screen technology is definitely a lot different today than it was a while ago. How did how was that a long time ago for you? It was interesting because when I first started doing the weather, uh, this was way back in 1987. And uh, I was, I will admit, I was not a studied meteorologist. People who actually devote their, you know, schooling to studying how storm systems form and, you know, the, counter, the counterclockwise rotation of the winds around a low pressure or the clockwise rotation around a high pressure, that sort of thing. But I did have the benefit of having a father who was a pilot. And he also then later taught ground school for people who wanted to learn how to fly. Now, obviously, if you're going to learn how to fly, you need to know what you're flying up into. Uh, so there was some weather knowledge that I had with him. Uh, so in the early days of my TV weather days, I, I actually used magnets on a blackboard. And we had these long strips of magnets that might show where a cold front is coming in from, so forth and so on. And I was putting up big numbers, magnets on this board. But eventually, a couple of years in, I got to learn how to do it on green screen. So that same board... We covered in green, a big sheet of green paper, and the cameras had a certain technology that could take away, you know, assign uh, the image that I wanted to look at, not on the green screen itself, but, but if you turn around, all I saw was the green screen. But on monitors on either side of me, I saw the map that I was standing in front of. So it was able to extract me, put me in front of the map that I was looking at. So basically what I did was I stood in front of this big green piece of paper and I had a monitor to my left and monitor to my right, but you in front of me would be the camera. So all I did was look to my left and I could sort of get my bearings as to where I was on the map. And it might be a satellite image, which is how you know weather people are able to determine, determine what the weather's gonna be. You know, there's a strong cold front that's coming in from the Northwest and it's gonna bring rain in or snow or whatever. So I was able to look at myself and see myself on the screen in relation to where the, the satellite image was. And I could kind of demonstrate you know, what was swirling around and what was coming our way. There was a lot of 
arm motions. I'm like, this is going to come down out of the sky and it's going to be moving this way and I'm moving my arms back and forth. So it took a little bit of getting used to, but since I had a screen on the other side, I was able then to look to that side and say, you know, to my right, here's, here's the high pressure up in, uh, say, Portland. And it's going to be sweeping across the northern plains and affecting, you know, coming in contact with this warm pressure center that's coming in from the south. And we're going to get wind and rain, that kind of thing. I don't know if that makes any sense. But that's basically how the green screen works. It takes a little bit of getting used to. If you looked behind me, you didn't see any actual images on the green, but uh, you saw it all on TV. Hmm. That's cool. Um, another question is how many people worked with you and how many people because I mean it honestly is kind of like you're filming a movie or TV yeah. show because you have cameras here cameras there monitors there monitors there um, and so it I mean it's not too much different from that so um, how many people uh, how many other people um, worked with you and did the same kind of thing that you did that's a good question only because my years few years leading up to my days as a TV weatherman, as a radio guy, I was responsible for everything that happened in that studio. I was the one who pushed the buttons. I was the one who talked. I was the one who played the records. But the difference that I realized right away when I became a TV weatherman is that you're dependent upon a lot of people to do their job correctly. So you're right. I'm standing in front of the screen and I've done all my work, uh, read up on what systems were coming our way, what kind of weather we could expect. But I have to also hope that the person running the camera has got me framed right. I also have to worry about what they call the chain up the hall, which was, does the director, is the director doing his or her job? Is the audio person doing their job? Do they make sure they have my microphone on at the right time? So when I'm talking, uh, does the person who's running the video cassettes with what I needed to stand in front of, the maps and everything, are they doing their job? So we would have probably one, two, three, four, like at least half a dozen, if not more people up the, the chain, making sure that this live broadcast, because it was always live, would go out and look as good as it could. Because if somebody wasn't doing their job, then I, I may not look as good as, as I could have. And then that's when you get sometimes frustrated with other people. So there was quite a few people up the, up the chain doing, hopefully, their, their, the job correctly. And most times they did. Well, yeah, it would definitely be hard if they did not do that correctly. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Um, so when did you have a job, like a job as a weatherman before that? Like, did you do any kind of stuff before you were actually on the TV behind the green screen, that kind of stuff? Uh, I, I may have done a couple of things as a radio person every once in a while. The, the company that turned me into a weatherman also, they, they owned radio and they owned TV. So uh, I was a couple of times as a radio personality, I was able to be on camera uh, and I always thought it might be kind of fun to do this. I never expected to be a TV weatherman. As a matter of fact, I tried to do it once in college for a class, and I totally screwed it up. And I just thought, well, I was frustrated because I didn't do it very well. And I thought, yeah, I never decided I never was going to be a TV weatherman anyway. I just want to do radio. Well, literally five years later, I was being asked to be a TV weatherman. So um, it was my first and longest experience doing uh, nightly TV. So and I did it for about seven years, like six and eleven. You found me on on TV every night. Hmm. Um, that's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. So, um, how, how many actual people did it take to record just, just to record 
and were you ever worried about making a mistake because you're like oh it's gonna be like 69 and cloudy or whatever when it's actually gonna be like you're like oh dang it it's yeah. it's 71 yeah oh, no. well that that does happen with uh, people who predict the weather now again i did it a long time ago i think technology and computer images and satellite images of what's happening uh and and computers that can really map and, and anticipate what a storm is going to do. Uh, I think it's gotten a lot better than it may have been way back when, but there's the classic old example of a renowned Cleveland area TV weatherman who uh, said, you know, you could put forth, and he studied it. He actually studied meteorology in the Air Force, so he was military trained, but he said you still could make mistakes. You still could get together what you think was your best forecast, what you really wanted to tell everybody to expect tomorrow. And he said, you know, on those nights when you had not much of a forecast and then you wake up the next morning to six inches of partly cloudy, which is an old joke. Like nobody ever saw this storm coming. So, but I think technology today is a lot better. And I think we can uh, really rely on uh, weather forecast to be as, as reliable as possible. As far as recording goes, we didn't too much do too much of that. I was live most nights doing it. And basically I couldn't follow a script because you know how a teleprompter works. Uh, I try to do a teleprompter where you're looking at the camera reading your script, but then when I would turn away to look at the map and I'd look back to the teleprompter, it would change. So I basically read all the knowledge that I needed to get from the Weather Service, National Weather Service, how low pressure, say, in Illinois was going to sweep across here and bring us rain tomorrow. I would just basically then go back out and ad lib and, and try to repeat everything I'd read about earlier as to what the most current forecast would be. Well, um... Going back to green screens for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, like, what um, did did you ever make any mistakes on the green screen? Like, if you were trying to walk left but then it went right, I, I caught on with that pretty quickly, uh, and it didn't seem to be a, an issue with me. I was able to, as I say, look at my my monitors on my right and the left, which the TV audience can't see. But I could see me in relation to the maps, either the animated maps or the actual satellite images. Can I tell you a funny story about something I did on a green screen one night? Sure. All right. This was Halloween night uh, many, many years ago. And I realized that, you know, uh, if, if you wrapped anything green around you, it would, it would disappear. You would just become part of what image. So one of our cameramen went out and got like a Halloween image, and that was our B-roll behind me. And um, I had one of the other crew members put my jacket on. And then we wrapped green around his face. So his face disappeared. It just disappeared into the background of the Halloween image. And I knelt down next to him, and I put a green sheet around my body. And he put his hand over my head. So what the TV audience saw that night was kind of a Halloween image behind me and me seemingly holding my head in my arms because of the green screen technology. And it was very brief, and it was kind of cute and fun, and nobody... Several weeks later at a restaurant, some guy walked by me and he saw me and he realized who I was. And he said, uh, hey, that was funny what you did on Halloween, <laughs> which was just for grins. You know, the, the headless weatherman holding his head in his arms. Uh, All thanks to green screen technology. That's amazing. Yeah, it was fun. Um, well, I mean, is there anything else that you would like to explain to us about, you know, being a weatherman, what that was like? Oh, and... Um, why you decided to get out of that business and stop was there a specific reason? Okay, well, uh, like I say, I, I was not a meteorologist. I, I basically was a weather reporter. 
but uh, I think a lot has changed, and I think um, you know the study of meteorology is a quite an interesting thing. And, and sometimes I often wonder, had I just uh, been more interested in that, had I maybe paid more attention in my dad's private pilot theory school, you know, ground school course, maybe I would have developed an interest to learn about how storms form, what you can expect. About like I said earlier, the clockwise rotation around a high pressure, which generally brings fair weather. And the counterclockwise around a low pressure, which also then can bring some bad weather. But I, I basically got out of it because the TV station I was working for um, basically was going to, they sold off to somebody. And I, at that point, I had a more stable offer back in radio. So that's why I did that. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us and explaining how, that, how green screens and that kind of stuff worked. Like, I'm glad you had me on. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and yeah, that, that about wraps it up for today's podcast episode. So, um, yeah, we will make another one soon. So, yep. Thank you for listening again. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of How It Works, the podcast that tells the backstory about the things we might use every day. Join us next time for another episode of How It Works with your host, Oliver Cordell Kennedy.